And happy Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back to Mayor's Minutes. We're back here at the fabulous Bethune Community Studios. Um, hopefully you get outside. Um, I've stopped building my ark momentarily um, now that the rain has subsided a little bit. And we got a sunny day, although um, I did hear that there are thunderstorm warnings so as I was coming in, so it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Uh, so welcome back. Uh, today, um, we're going to go through the COVID numbers. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some things that we need to be all mindful of. Um, and then we're going to welcome in some uh, guests from Alpha New England. Did I say that right, ladies? Yes, you did. Alpha New England. It's kind of like a... Um, I want to say Affleck when I read that. Affleck, you know, <laughs> Affa, New England, um, which is the Allergy, Asthma. Asthma right? and Allergy Foundation of America. I did it backwards. New England yeah. chapter. All right. And that's Julie Flint. And there's Anita Roberts Christie. And we're going to talk to them after we do the COVID numbers. But um, if you've got allergy and asthma questions, uh, these are the. this is your resource for... Uh, questions, so we'll ask those once I see it live. I'm still not seeing it live on Facebook, but uh, maybe that's just me. So, um, okay, so uh, if we could go to the charts in the interim. Uh, so here it is, uh, July 21st. I can't believe, there's everybody, the historical significance of July 21st. I won't pulse you ladies with the history <laughs> quiz, right? Please so don't. on July 21st, the first battle of Manassas, the very first battle of the Civil War, Bull Run, wow. happened. It was wow. not a good result for the Union Army. <laughs> but, um, it started uh, this day. Um, so there's your little history tidbit. So we are up another 10 cases this week. And even though I said I wouldn't complain, uh, 10 new cases is good. There is uh, one note of uh, Particular attention we've got to pay attention to here, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We're up to 6,090 recovered. Clearly, we've had more than that recovery. Those are the reported coveries from CTC. Um, and 10 is the same number of cases that we had last week, so 10 positive again. Uh, the hour is green because we're green. And if you're a dedicated watcher of the program, as most of you are by now, you know the green is the second best color, right? So we were gray for one brief fleeting moment two weeks ago. And we've backslid a little bit to green. You're going to see the numbers uh, go a little bit down. Um, and I'm not going to be overly pessimistic because I think, um, you know, there is good news. But let's go to the next chart. All right. So the good and the bad. So you're going to notice there's some repeat on the good uh, because I screwed up last week. I'm going to admit that publicly. Uh, we're in the green. Uh, the city fireworks event was spectacular. It was unbelievable. Ladies, you don't know that. We got rained out July 3rd. We moved to July 10th. The event was just phenomenal. We did it at the Loop. We had food trucks. We had all kinds of fun and game events for the kids. And uh, we had uh, music, uh, two different bands. And I want to say that everybody came out had a good time. Even the people that watched the mayor fall off the stage, I actually went straight out. Um, got a big bruise on my hip. But uh, if we got those... Uh, pictures. Let's. We got a couple pictures. This is there's my good friend Linda Susie, um, and she was uh, raffling some stuff off that we pulled later in the night. Go ahead. Look at that. Awesome, awesome. That's what it's all about, right there. All right. And you can see the giant chess set. It was set up in the parking lot there, so uh, people could play chess, and lots of people took advantage of it. 
Look at the crowd when you get later at night. So one of the things the uh, police department told me as we were prepping for the event is, Mayor, you know, because what I said is I want to have an event, you know, the full five and a half hours. And they said, well, that's great, Mayor, but what's going to happen is um, until it gets dark, (laughs) um, you're going to get some families, but then all of a sudden around 8, 39 o'clock, there will be hordes of people. And there they are, the hordes, right? <laughs> and um, all doing a great job, uh, getting ready to watch the fireworks at this point, I believe. We got any more? There you go. Look at that. There's the mayor with uh, the upside-down person from Methuen Community Studios. That's a great pick. Keep going. All right. So, so long and short of it is uh, we had a great event. It was so good that uh, somebody texted me right after and said, Mayor, did you spend two years of budget money on, <laughs> on the fireworks? And I said, no, we did not. Uh, it cost us 14750 for the fireworks. It was a spectacular show. Um, and we had a great time. And so one of the things I want to put in your mind for next year, um, assuming I'm still here, um, is we've got to start thinking about where we're going to do this. Because where we shot the fireworks from... Um, they're building an apartment building, so we won't be able to shoot the fireworks from there anymore. Um, I got one suggestion from Randy at the Loop, said uh, go to nearby the nearby hill, I think it's uh, Pie Hill, and sh- still have the event at the Loop and shoot them from Pie Hill so that people can see it. And that's a pretty good suggestion. I don't know how people feel about that, but we'll probably open it up for suggestions from the community and see what you think. Um, the Gill Avenue Splash Pad is open and working. Forest Lake is open on the days when it's not raining, which has been one this week, uh, one day. Um, And the city playground programs are open. I know it's been tough with the weather. I made the joke about the arc in the beginning. It it has, I I was watching the weather this morning at 6.30, and it is close to being the rainiest July ever. Wow. Right? For Worcester, it's already the number one wettest July in history. For Boston, they're in the third wettest, and they're anticipating it will go over the top. Um, and I actually got woke, I, I don't, last night I got woken up. I don't know if that's even correct grammar. Uh, pro, I'm going to say probably around 2 or 3 a.m. with a bad thunderstorm. I was like, what the heck is going on? Mm. Yeah. So, um, so, and we, we have the potential for some more thunderstorms today. So um, the ground is saturated. That's all I can tell you. Right, so uh, I did want to reinforce that we are putting on the finishing touches, putting the FY21 budget numbers, and I want to tell you um, we're much closer than we were a week ago. Uh, and the numbers look spectacular, S- absolutely spectacular. I think the residents are going to be pleased. Uh, I'm going to keep saying this because it's important that people understand. Uh, we were very conservative from our budgeting perspective uh, because we knew we'd get less uh, revenue in from the state. In FY21, we got 4.1 million less than we from the state than we got the year before, and despite that, we're gonna we're gonna put some money to the bottom line, some significant money to the bottom line, and you're gonna be proud when you see the number. Um, I'm just concealing my excitement because the number is making me jump up and down. You just can't see that because you're not here in the studio. So you're gonna be thrilled when you see the number. It is great news. All right, back to the chart. All right, what's the not-so-good? So So, uh, we had 10 cases you saw this week. Five of them were fully vaccinated people. 
So what does that say to us, right? And, and so, one, we, didn't, we don't know what vaccine they got. Two had the Pfizer vaccine, and two had the J&J, the Janssen. And so um, I, I put that there, and, and some people, you know, the boobirds will say, May, you're trying to scare us. You're like the governments across the country trying to scare us. No, I'm not. I'm trying to make sure you understand um, the facts of the matter, right? So being vaccinated is a good thing. Um, it does not completely inoculate you from getting COVID. And so that's something to keep in mind. Um, if you're like me and you watch the news a lot, I watch the local news. I don't watch any of those uh, 24-hour news channels because they're all filtered in some way, shape, or form. Um, you are seeing that the numbers are starting to go up a little bit. And so, you know, my concern there is uh, I desperately want us to be able to go back to school without masks. Right. And, and I guess all I'm appealing to you is I didn't even put the vaccination numbers in the slide deck today like I normally do. We're at about 50, um, 54 percent vaccinated, fully vaccinated. We got a long way to go. I would beg you. I would plead you. I would tell you for the 100th time the same thing. Everybody I love, everybody that I care about, I've coached them into getting vaccinated. So my pitch to you is, please, check the facts. If you absolutely insist you're not going to get vaccinated, um, that's your choice, right? This is still America. But um, you got to realize that there may be repercussions down the road, right? And you look at, um, I don't know if you guys, Provincetown has seen a, a significant spike in new positive cases and break. I guess the terminology for people that are vaccinated who get it is breakthrough cases, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, um, I'm thinking about the night I was at the Loop and how much everybody loved. It was a great night. It was a good event. We, And how much people loved being out there without the masks. And I would suggest to you um, the fight ain't over, right? We're, we're, We're doing better. Uh, but there's still some ground to cover. So if you're confused, if you have questions, please call our Department of Public Health and talk through with them your concerns about the vaccination. Are there risks for the vaccination? Absolutely. Do the risks of getting COVID outweigh it? They do to me. This is a 63-year-old male with health issues, and I'm telling you, I got, I got two vaccines, so um, I would encourage you to think about it, too. And then secondly is we've got this Delta variant that you're going to see more and more in the news that, um, you know, it remains to be seen how effective the vaccines are against the Delta variant, right? And you're going to hear uh, news stations reporting uh, breakthrough cases, how many of them are, are the Delta variant. And, and that's a concern, right? So I guess the only thing I'm trying to put in your mind is I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to. You know, in August, we'll go back into doing the Wednesday and Thursday shows, Thursday with the superintendent of schools, um, like we've done, like we did all last year. Um, But I think we all want uh, a back to school that doesn't have masks and is as safe and reasonable as possible. And I think one of the things I would ask you all to consider is you have a part to play in that, right? That's not just on the government. That's not just on the schools. That's on all of us. Right, and how we address this. So uh, keep that in mind, please, if you would. All right, enough preaching. Let's move on. We'll give you the stats, and we'll get into the, the AFA ladies. All right, so this is distribution by sex from the beginning. Uh, still far more women than men. Um, 
I wonder if this is the population split in Methuen. I've got to take a look at that tomorrow. I wonder if there's more women than men in Methuen. I would bet there is. So go ahead. Um, and you can see these are the numbers from inception. The 609 and the over 70s has stayed the same for multiple weeks. Uh, the most volatile number is the under 19, as you would expect, uh, because that's the last category to get vaccinated. But there has been some fluctuation, as you're going to see in the next chart. Go ahead. <coughs> next chart, please. There you go. So the 10 new cases. We had one in the 60 to 69 age group. We had two in the 40 to 49. We had three in 30 to 39. We had four under 19. Now, while you expect the four under 19, um, you know, you got to look at those. Um, what I'm going to ask our director of public health to do is kind of tell me um, where, the, where the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated were on this so that you get like an eyeballs look of the four under 19. Were all of them unvaccinated or were any of them vaccinated? Right, because you already know out of this ten total, five were uh, already fully vaccinated. Right? Okay. Next. So uh, this is our incident rate, which has been all over the. Now, ladies, you've never been to Methuen before. Have you been to Methuen before? Yeah. Yep. All right. So this is what we call the Twin Peaks chart. Uh, could you pick out Thanksgiving and Christmas if you had to? Sure, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you could. Right. Sure Everybody can. can. So we're over there in the green. Uh, we're in the. 2.3, I think, is our number. I should be looking at my charts instead of looking at my phone. Um, so 2.3 for the week, which is good, very good. Uh, it's up a little bit from the week before. Uh, so you know the last two weeks in a row, we've had a little bit of an increase. You see, we were gray for two weeks. I, I told a little falsehood. We were gray for two weeks. Gray is the, the best, the best you can be. Um, and we've kind of gone into the green. No, no need to panic yet, but, um, you know, it's something we've got to keep an eye on, right? And so, okay, next chart. And this is the incident rate. We're up to 0.97% from 0.60 the previous week. Um, still far better than all of 2020 when the best we were was 4%. All right, so we're under 1%. That's still remarkable. All right, next chart. All right, Mayor, here's your fascination with the three cities that touch each other, Methuen, Lawrence, and Haverhill. I put Salem, New Hampshire's numbers in, too, but they don't publish them. New Hampshire's like a whole different universe. Um, <clears throat> so we've had 17 cases in Methuen over the last two weeks. That's what you see at the top. Lawrence has had 30 over the last two weeks. Haverhill's had 20. According to the state, uh, Methuen's had 7,670 7, cases. Lawrence has had 20,400 and Havel 8348. Now you look down the bottom, I'm going to repeat this again. My charts say 8103 confirmed residents. That's the actual number from our uh, Department of Public Health in the city. Uh, the difference between our 8103 and 7670, which is about 400 and change, is uh, probables. So we record probables, right? And, um, you know, it gives you an understanding of where we are. Okay, next chart. So this is the three cities. They're all green right now, which is good news. Um, so Lawrence with the 30 cases at 1.11% positive. Uh, Haverhill with their 20 cases at 0.91%. And Methuen with 17 cases at 0.97%. And the difference really between... So you say, well, Methuen has less positive cases than Haverhill. How can their incident rate, excuse me, their positive rate be higher? Uh, we have less people getting tested. Right. So 
a higher degree of positivity. Um, and we could debate that all day long. Now, if you keep that 0.971, in your mind, and you go to the next chart, this is a little new one. So this is right from, uh, I think one of the things the state has done an exceptional job at is, and, and I would highly encourage you to go out there, is if you go out to mass.gov and you go out to, there's a COVID reporting dashboard, and this is a piece of it. You can actually see the numbers that I report. Uh, you can pull them from the city and town data. So this is percent positivity for the state. So across the state, we're at 0.51 percent total. Just remember, Methuen's at 0.97, Havel's at 0.91, and Lawrence is at 1.11. So all three of the surrounding towns are above the statewide rate. That's all it says. And I'm not trying to alert the masses of stampede, but at the same point, you know, it bears watching that we're above the state rate, right? So um, go out to mass.gov, and you can see that right-hand tab. It breaks, there's data by city and town. That's where I get all, all the numbers that I publish on these PowerPoint charts come from the state website, with the exception of um, the bottom numbers which come in from our local Department of Public Health. And so uh, I encourage you to do that and stay up on the numbers. They update them every other day now. They were doing them daily. So that's really the COVID report for today. And I'm having a little trouble getting onto the questions, so I don't know if you've had any questions. I don't know if the Facebook Live is working yet, um, but we'll see. I'm still not seeing it, but um, it is what it is. So um, I don't know if you guys were able to get Facebook Live up. I don't know if I can get it. Not working yet. Okay. All right. So um, in the absence of you sending in questions, we're going to kind of move on to our guests. Um, I do also want to remind you, I'm going to do this twice. Uh, so we've got this fabulous event that uh, Paul Jensen, our VSO, has set up called the Veteran Sunset Salute. Have you guys got this chart, Jim? The ad for the Veteran Sunset Salute. Did we send you that? No? That's Ryan Hamilton for you. Let me publicly flail Ryan Hamilton for not sending that over. He told me this was here. Uh, we have a Veteran Sunset Salute this Thursday, July 22nd, from 7 to 8.30 p.m., at the Veterans Flag Memorial at the Merrimack Valley Golf Club. Uh, golf carts are available in the parking lot to shuttle guests to the event because the flags are down on the course. Um, so you must register ahead by calling the Veterans Office at 978-983-8585. So again, register ahead for Thursday, July 22nd. That's tomorrow, 7 to 8.30 p.m. There it is. Uh, oh, now i got to say sorry to Ryan. I'll still give him a dope slap. It's okay. Um, register ahead by calling the Veterans Office, 978-983-8585, so you reserve your spot. Um, there'll be a light fair, cocktails, and music graciously provided by the Cater family, and they're wonderful people and an important part of our community. So uh, call Paul Jensen at that number. Uh, I'll do this again at the end of the show, but um, join us as we give our veterans a sunset salute um, at Merrimack Valley Golf Course. All right. Moving on to our guests, um, AFA. I, I keep, you know, every time I say it, I'm going to say AFLAC, AFLAC. Um, do you have a duck or anything that does any advertising for we you? Don't, no, we no. don't. We don't. You might want to think about that, right? So, uh, so Julie and uh, Anita, welcome to yes, the show. Thank you. Um, 
And, and tell me a little bit about AFA first of all. Sure. Foremost. So AFA New England stands for the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America New England Chapter. We know that's a mouthful. That's why we go by AFA New England. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit oh. that's dedicated to the control and cure of asthma and allergies, including food allergies. We provide education, family programming, support and awareness, research support and advocacy to help our community live active, healthy lives. The AFA New England office is located down in Braintree, and we service all six New England states, and we've been servicing New England for over 40 years. Wow. Wow. And so um, I I would assume tons I have allergies. Is it fair to say almost everybody has allergies of some kind? The numbers are actually quite high, and the incident rates of both asthma and allergies yeah. is actually quite high in Massachusetts. They're above the national average. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, uh, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you about asthma in a minute, but um, I remember when um, I've got four kids, mm-hmm. and when my uh, 30-year-old was uh, young, uh, he was diagnosed... They, they debated asthma, but then it turned out to be allergy to dust mites. So he was on an inhaler, but it technically, I guess, wasn't asthma, mm-hmm. right? And he outgrew it. That's good. Yeah. And I guess, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know if that happens a lot or, or a little, but, um, you know, I've seen it personally, you know. He suffered quite a bit mm-hmm. when he was younger. Yes, right. they, they are both chronic diseases that yeah. at times can be life-threatening. Yeah. Um, the good news is that even though it can't be cured, it can be managed. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I like that you guys pointed that out because um, I actually worked with a lady at Raytheon who died from asthma. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. She had a severe asthma attack, and, mm-hmm. and they did not get her breathing in time. Mm-hmm. And she was a wonderful lady. So let's talk a little bit. So what is asthma? So asthma is, as I said, a chronic disease um, that causes a person's airways to become inflamed and can make it very difficult to breathe. Um, Quality of life, as you have seen with your own family, um, can be greatly impacted for those that are living with asthma. Um, And again, it's chronic. Um, It cannot be cured, but it can be managed. And Massachusetts does have one of the highest rates of asthma in the country. Really? Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It's above the national average. Now, do they? Is there any studies as to why that is, or why so many people in Massachusetts have it? It could be for a variety of reasons. Sure. Um, there are multiple causes of asthma. There are definitely some identified risks that could include. Um, just overall poor management of the condition itself, poor air quality, exposure to pollen, and poverty actually mm. can be a cause as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a hereditary component. Um, it tends Asthma tends to run in families. And then there are environmental components, um, tobacco smoke, mold, dust mites, as you previously right. mentioned, yeah. and pet dander can yeah. also be causes yeah. that could exacerbate the condition. Yeah. Now, um, and, and this is in the questions, and it's okay to say, um, so we got these wildfires going on. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm looking at the weather this morning, um, the weatherman said, well, <clears throat> it's going to be a sunny day, but you're not going to see as bright a sun as you would because I guess there's a wildfire just into Canada. 
and the smoke from that wildfire is drifting this way. Mm-hmm. And my mind is sitting there saying, that's a long way to drift, right? You're, you're coming across the Great Lakes. And, mm-hmm. um, and he made a point of mentioning worsening air quality. Absolutely. Right? Um, so something like that could affect, I would assume, too, right? Yes, ab- absolutely. Okay. Um, anytime, even on like hot, hazy days when the yeah. air is really thick, mm-hmm. that can absolutely exacerbate those, um, it can exacerbate asthma. Well, um, I, I, I like that you said, because I think we all, on a hot, muggy, humid day, uh, a common term, we all say the air feels heavy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you struggle to... Even even people without asthma kind right. of struggle from a breathing sure, perspective, right? Yeah. So, right. okay. So you started to get into did, did, you listed some of the causes, mm-hmm. and you said they're varied, but um, you know, are there you know ones that are more common than others in Massachusetts, or, or or is it spread pretty much equal? Is it like you know? It totally depends on where you live. It, yeah. it and that is in regard to um, state city town or even in your own in your own household um, a lot of people who live with pets um, even if you don't live with a pet if you're sitting next to someone on a bus yeah. if you're sitting next to someone in school that has a pet that could exacerbate the, the condition in yourself them, right yeah. absolutely yeah. same thing with tobacco smoke you may not be a smoker you may not have someone in your household who is a smoker but again, um, it's it's third hand. Yeah. Um, it could be in the carpet somewhere. It could be you know you could be next to someone in a store, yeah. and that could exacerbate the condition. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I I, I got to confess. I occasionally, I will partake of a cigar. I'm not a cigarette mm-hmm. smoker, but I will once in a while have a cigar, and um, I don't smell it on me. But as soon as I walk into somebody's, they immediately pick up on it. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, you were smoking cigars, right? Um, and the last time I did it, one of the dumbest things I've ever done, I was in a room with a bunch of gentlemen, and it was raining, so I was wearing my rain slicker. Mm-hmm. That rain slicker, I think, is permanently cigar smell now, <laughs> so, right? I'm going to have to take it out back and burn it. So, All right, so... Um, my understanding is you guys are making a donation to the city of Methuen. We are. We have actually brought a supply of peak flow meters for both adults and for children. Um, and the readings on a peak flow meter will tell you how open your airways are so that you can better manage your asthma. Um, they're great because they're portable, they're handheld, yeah. they're very easy to use and understand. So during an asthma episode, your airways often narrow. So a peak flow meter can actually measure this narrowing um, days or even hours in advance of you actually having an asthma attack. Now, is this the old thing you blow into and the ball goes up and down? It is. It is. Okay. So this is an example of one. Yeah. Um, this isn't the same type yeah. that you're getting, but this is very, very similar. It yeah. works the same way. So, again, very easy to use. So in order to use it, and I'll demonstrate, you should either... It's like a harmonica. It, it kind of is. Um, you hold it on one side. Are you have just to... going to play a song for us after? <laughs> Don't ask me to sing. Um, make sure you sit or stand up straight, yeah. and you want to make sure that the red marker is at the bottom. Yeah. And you want to blow into it as hard and as fast as you can. And you want to do that multiple times. Yep. And then the higher, the highest that it goes, that is your peak flow for that given time. Yep. 
the best thing about these is they're very easy to understand. It's like a stoplight. They're coded in red, yellow, and green, just like a stoplight. So if you are in green, your asthma action plan is working very well. If you are in yellow, then you need to um, make some adjustments, and you should be in touch with your health care provider. They may need to adjust your medication. And then if you are in red, you should seek um, immediate assistance. Mm -hmm. Now, these... um, So... um Believe it or not, I'm going to t- so I once had a surgery, I won't tell you what, and afterwards, um, to prevent against pneumonia, mm-hmm. they had me, uh, that looks a little different, but there's a little tube with a ball and a cup, yes. and they used to make me uh, four times an hour mm-hmm. blow into it, and they said, you've got to make the ball come above, they put a mark on the thing, you've got to make the ball come above here, mm-hmm. because exercising your lungs will help keep fluid from settling Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, is that re- it's the same thing, right? The concept is very similar. Yeah. This is actually, um, it's not actually exercising your lungs. It's yeah. really just measuring the airflow coming out okay. so that you can make the determination as to if you need assistance or not. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, um, you said they're, the ones you're donating are not... Like that, they're yep. a little bit different. They're a little smaller, so okay. they're actually, um, yeah, yeah, they're they're Horrible. probably a little easier to put in your pocket yeah. than these ones. Yeah. Okay. And so, w- why are you giving them to the city of Bethune? We wanted to make sure that the communities that need them the most have them in their hands, mm-hmm. and we felt that the timing was actually very good as well with the upcoming school year. Yeah. So, so, and, and you mentioned there's. Um, um, there's an adult model and a, a children's model. Did yes. I get that right? Yes, there okay. is. It looks the it looks the exact same. But the the difference, only difference is the measurements are different. That's what um, I guess. Yes, pediatric okay. versus adult. All right. So um, so um, we're gonna we're gonna get this donation and we're gonna try to give them out to as many students slash parents. Asthma sufferers, hopefully, yes, absolutely. as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't have my Facebook Live, so I don't have any questions. We're going a little too fast, but hang on. Let me see if we've come back. Are we good? All right. Let me check and see. Now live. There you go. So I can see us. In the, okay. Um, okay, so there's no questions yet, but we are just, just so you know, the, the questions will start coming now that people can get them in. So, um um, over and above that, um, let's talk a little bit about allergies before we get into the the organization and how people and why people would contact you. So what do you do in regard to specific allergies, right? Because, I, I, you know, asthma mm-hmm. is pretty broad. A lot of people have it. Allergies is even broader to me, Correct. right? Yep. So, um, you know, your eyes itching, your, mm-hmm. your, your running, you know, that kind of thing, your nose is running, whatever. Um, so what kind of services do you folks provide for allergy sufferers or for families? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that I would say is that if you, are, if you suspect that you yourself or that someone in your family is suffering from asthma or allergies, the most important thing that you can do is contact your health care provider mm-hmm. so that they can definitively determine if, if that's the case. But again, what the AFA New England organization does, we really focus a lot on education. Um, so we actually have. Sorry. 
We actually have um, a bulletin that is published three times a year to our community um, that provides a lot of information about both asthma and allergies, as well as clinical trials that are going on. Um, and we also have a speaker series where we invite medical professionals um, to partner with us, and we provide education to the community that it's free of cost. Um, anyone can register for it. So we've done programs in the past um, just giving an overview of what is asthma. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most recent programs that we've done has been about healthcare disparities in the asthma and allergy community. Mm -hmm. We're actually going in the fall, we're going to be um, presenting part two of that series. Um, so I would encourage you know, your community and residents of the city of Methuen to go out to our website, um, mm -hmm. asthmaandallergies.org, um, to register for any of these events, or just to give us your email address to sign up for um, regular updates. Yep. They can also contact us at our email address, which is affane, A-A-F-A-N-E, at affane.org. Um, if they have any questions, if they want to know how to go about registering for a program or how to get a bulletin, yep. we can definitely walk them through the process. That's great. Yes. That's great. Cause, uh, so the first question just came in said, how are these available? Both my wife and daughter are asthmatic. Um, so we're going to run those through the mayor's office, and we're going to coordinate with the schools for the kids' ones. Um, but, Don, you can reach out to the mayor's office, and we'll get you some of the flow meters, right, if that's the question, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of them. Yep. So I also see that Teresa, um, who's a regular, is uh, has posted the website. So she posted okay. – uh, HTTP colon backslash asthma and allergies dot org. Yes. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. That is so correct. So somebody would go there if they want to see some of the seminars that you just discussed or yes. partake in any of the newsletters, right? Read yep. the newsletters. Absolutely. And we actually have some exciting new programming coming up, which is why Arnita Christie is here. Yeah. Um, we feel that there are definitely some programs that would be beneficial to your residents. Sure. So, that's, so let's um, talk about those. Okay. Arnita. So, let's get you involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm part of it, Steve. So uh, my name is Arnita Roberts Christie. I actually work for GlaxoSmithKline or GSK, which is a pharmaceutical company. And we have partnered with Alpha New England over the last three years. Mm -hmm. And we have provided educational programs from something as simple as what is asthma to more than questions about is it more than just asthma. And so through that partnership, especially during this COVID age that we have not been able to be face-to-face, -face, we have, there's a series of programs virtually that we have sponsored where I am the speaker, I am a registered nurse, and I will say in full disclosure, I do not tell people about medications, about what to do, how to do. I always refer, refer patients back to their health care provider. But sure. what we do is we talk about asthma as the disease, how it affects your community, how it affects you, whether it's at school or at home. Um, we have two programs that are actually coming up, which if you go to the Alpha New England website, you can register for. So we are inviting you to, on September 6th, for, excuse me, yes, September 6th at 12 noon, we have a luncheon that is scheduled, and it's a virtual luncheon, so you'll have lunch where you are and listen to education, and then there is another one on 
Saturday, September 25th at 10 a.m. And so registration, again, can be found on the Alpha New England website. And actually, GSK also has a website called asthma.com, where we have a number of resources, educational resources, which are very easy to understand. You know, sometimes when you go to the physician's office, certain terminology might be used that you're not quite familiar with or you're not sure, you're not comfortable asking that question. Coming to the seminars, we make it very plain and easy to understand and give you the opportunity to ask questions so that you can really, you know, live your best life as a patient living with asthma. So a couple quick questions about the two seminars you just talked about. Certainly. Um, Are they different topics or are they repeated? On this one, September 6th and 25th, these are repeated topics. Okay. We wanted to see if we could capture the noontime luncheon folks that could listen during the day because we know that school is starting and, you know, sure. having that flexibility. And then again on the 20th. Sure. So if you go to the 6th, you don't have to go to the 20th. No. Not okay. unless you want to invite more people to yeah. come and learn. Because yeah. you will definitely leave the program learning something, even yeah. if you have lived with asthma for a number of years. Yeah. And yeah. now being a student of the Zoom environment. Yes. Coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there an interactive session, Anita, of the program? Or is it all like... Um, Presentation. I there guess. is an interactive session. Actually, we ask questions of the audience, and we have them either type it into the chat, we put up a whiteboard. So we really want to not have this a session where someone is just feeding you information. Yep. We want to make sure that when you leave this session, you have not only listened, but you also have been yep. engaged. And that's what an engaged patient is, mm-hmm. is someone yep. that receives information, but also is able to ask questions. I, I can think back to, so long before I was an executive at Raytheon, I was a teacher. Mm. I remember one of the things that uh, children, but adults too, remember, yeah. I forget what the number is, X percent of what they're With told. Them. Yes. Uh, it's X plus 10 percent of what they're, they're told plus they get to partake in. Yes. And then there's an experiential piece that's beyond that. So it's X plus 10 plus 10. Yes. If they, they, they listen, they write, and yes. then they mm-hmm. you know, involve themselves in it. So good for you guys. All yeah. right. So um, I got a couple questions here. This is how it works. Okay. Um, how can one, I don't know if you know, how can one test for mold in one's house? How can one test one's exposure? I know an asthma doctor can do a blood test. To test mold levels in one's blood, I believe mold exposure can cause cancer. I had a professional company remove mold and asbestos from my home several years ago. Any any thoughts on that, ladies? I would again refer yeah. them back to their health care provider. Yeah. yeah. And you could also contact your health department. They yeah, will be able that's to what help I was thinking. with that we have as inspectors well. who kind of look at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get asthma from mold or asbestos exposure? Well, there are actually two. Do you want? You can. There are actually two. When you think of asthma, there's an allergic asthma and there's a non-allergic asthma. And so when you have, you know, whether you, um, there are a number of triggers. One of your triggers could be mold. One of them could be dust mites. One of them could be rodents and, and the, the, you know, bacteria that they leave behind. So, yes, you can get, because what happens is when that allergic reaction occurs inside the lungs, it decreases the amount of space in which air can travel freely through. And that's where we're getting this asthma from. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question. Somebody, so I know we, we were talking about it before, but for the benefit of people who 
came on Facebook. Question is, is asthma hereditary? Is it environmental? Or could it be both? It could be both. Yeah. All right. That's one of those E ones, all of the above. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So those are the questions we got so far. Um, so, um, all right. So, again, I think it bears repeating. How would someone contact your organization? What's the best way for someone to contact your organization? They can email us at afane, A-A-F-A-N-E dot org, um, afane at afane dot org. Or they can go out to our website. You say that it, it kind of rolls off your tongue. It right? does. It does. Yeah. I know. It's it's a mouthful. It is. So do it. Do it again, because I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Afane at afane dot org. That's a a f a n e at a a f a n e dot org. Okay. Or they can go to our website yep. asthma and allergies dot org, and they can sign up for. A newsletter. They can contact us um, about our speaker series through the website. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and I want to go back to the peak flow meters. So you went through how to use it, um, but we shouldn't. And I'm, I'm asking this. This is not. So we shouldn't be giving that just to anybody. We should be giving it to people who think they have, who who know they have asthma or suspect they have asthma. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, that is correct. It's not a toy. No, right. it is definitely not. It's not a toy. And you definitely want it to get into the hands of the people that could benefit from it. Right, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay, believe it or not, my daughter was diagnosed when she was very young. She ended up taking band at the Marsh, that's a grammar school here, playing the trombone, which helped her all through high school as well as she played at PMA. So I guess basically what he's saying is use of the trombone actually help the young lady with asthma with the breathing process? I mean, exercising your lungs can, can definitely help. Now, yeah. that said, if you have asthma, it's very important to work with your health care provider mm-hmm. to create an asthma action plan yeah. um, because that way you'll know if you have that plan in place, you're going to know and be better able to identify the triggers of your asthma. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a question here. and not to put, So... Um, uh, going back to my um, my son, mm-hmm. and when he had he had uh, two inhalers. One was uh, a routine daily inhaler, mm-hmm. and then one was for emergent situations. Mm-hmm. And then there was I'm going to say this wrong a recovery machine. I can't remember the name of it. So there was. You're smiling, so you probably. So there was something where an asthma sufferer is going to say, "Come on, may I?" You get them. <laughs> um, so there were like three steps. He had a regular inhaler that he took two puffs every every morning, two puffs every night, mm-hmm. and then he had an inhaler that was a little bit stronger. That if he started to experience shortness, not a crisis, but he could feel it, mm-hmm. he, he would take that. <clears throat> that was on demand. And then there was um, something that we would drop something into. Nebulizer. What is it? Nebulizer. Nebulizer, that's it. Couldn't think of that word. Yeah, yeah. the nebulizer, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So is that still? Yes, that is still being used. And it really, you know, Julie mentioned a couple times about the asthma action plan. The importance of an asthma action plan is to make sure that 
you know, it's, it's actually divided into colors. You, you looked at, you use colors for uh, the COVID, but it's a green, yellow, and red. Yep. And so green, you are good. Yellow is a caution. And red, you're in trouble. The asthma action plan looks at those three colors, and you have a plan for what you do when you're in the green, which might be, you know, just the two puffs. What you do when you're in the yellow, which may be adding that second, and what you do when you're in the red, which may be adding the third. The importance of the asthma action plan is to make sure that everyone around you knows what to do when you're in those different colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Thanks for the bailout on the nebulizer there. <laughs> You're welcome. I would have been here all night trying to think of that. <laughs> My pleasure. I got somebody uh, asking for a meeting with the mayor. Th- no, this is not the forum for that. You can call my office, 978 <laughs> Speak to Ryan. He sets up, he does all my livelihood. He, he tells me where to go and when to be there. Uh, I was told that one can use, I was told that one can use bed encasements to deal with reducing dust mites exposure, which can irritates one's asthma. Do you agree? I don't know. Did you get that? So in other words, you can use a bed casing to reduce the impact of dust mites and then that would um, lessen the impact on asthma. That makes sense? It does. There are lots of products on the market that Mm -hmm. will say that they can assist with those those asthma and or allergy triggers. Mm -hmm. Now that said, it's really important Going back to that that asthma action plan yeah. um, and working with your healthcare provider to know exactly what are those triggers. Yeah. So that could help in some cases. Yeah. It may not help in others. Yeah. I think speaking to your healthcare provider is yeah. the yeah. best direction to go in Absolutely. because by speaking to your healthcare provider, they're going to be able to narrow down exactly what's <coughs> causing the asthma. What are those triggers? Yeah, and now you know it's funny you said that. That was the you're like the good. Part of me, you you answered that positively. I was sitting there thinking, not everybody who pledges their product does, you know, new and approved. It's going to protect you from everything, mm-hmm. right? You got to be careful, right? Absolutely, because people yeah. want to sell products. So. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate that. Does walking help to open up one's lungs to decrease the asthma? Walking any any type of movement will help do not only for asthma, but for a lot of different ailments and diseases that we have in our body. So yes, movement does help. I also want to make one correction. Sure. I said September 6th. Yeah. It is September 16th. Okay. So I just want to make sure it's September 16th at 12 and September 25th at 10 a.m. Okay, so we've okay. got two different times. Yes. Go to the website. Yes. You don't have to go to both of them because no. they're the same. But that is correct. But if you can go, and they're interactive, so I love that. Thank yes. you. You're welcome. Uh, what is, boy, we're getting some good questions here. I hope you guys know. What's the difference between sleep apnea and asthma? Both, I believe, relate to breathing problems. <clears throat> Do you want to take that one? <laughs> yeah. They're, both of them relate to breathing problems, and without being a medical profession that knows exactly your history, I'm going to ask you to go back to your physician because what we would say, what I would say is the difference between the two may not be related to what you're dealing with. So, Yes, and I think typically with with asthma, it is a a constricting or a narrowing Mm -hmm. of the airways. With sleep apnea, it is the closing of the airways for completely different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I say that because my husband has sleep apnea. Does he use the CPAP machine? He does not. He does not. He uses um, 
it's a top and bottom retainer that pushes okay. his jaw forward. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I've got uh, multiple people in the family who use a CPAP machine. So uh, I gave them a Christmas gift of something that would clean the machine that would for clean them, the right? Machine. Excellent yeah. idea. It's a great gift, Excellent. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we did the COVID-19 charts at the beginning of the show, and now we're talking about asthma. Mm-hmm. Have, we, have we seen any correlation, any rise in asthma since COVID-19? I realize, recognize it's only been a little bit more than a year, but... Has there been a spike or, you know, that we've noticed in cases related to, you know, that you might link back to COVID-19, or is there no relationship that we can see to those far? I don't know. I, we, we don't keep the numbers on that. Mm-hmm. But what I can say, when we think of the pandemic and yep. we think of in the beginning <clears throat> where patients and people were confined to their homes, yeah. and so you could manage that scenario a lot more. For some people that weren't aware how much dust mites and other triggers were in the home, there may have been an increase. For those that were aware and they could take changes to make changes to their home, they were able to do that. So that is one thing. For, for a number of different diseases, the pandemic has made awareness at the forefront. So if there is something going on, an opportunity to address it. That's a great answer. Uh, I want to tell you, a a guy came to my house once, recommended selling a Kirby vacuum. You ever heard of Kirby vacuums? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't think I slept for three days after. I'm kind of a neat freak. And, um, you know, I had vacuumed vacuumed my house and everything. So the guy came in and put the Kirby vacuum on the... uh, the, the carpet had the mirror. I was like, oh, my God. I was mortified, right? <laughs> and then he says, come on upstairs. We're going to go to your bed. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he pulled. Now, I, I changed my sheets every week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put this Kirby vacuum on the mattress pad. I thought I was going to lose my mind, <laughs> right? I, mm-hmm. I would not recommend it to people unless you really want to see, right? Because it, yep. it will set you yeah. back, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sit there thinking, I'm clean, I'm washing right. everything, and then you watch a guy stick a Kirby vacuum <laughs> on your mattress, and you're like, look at that. So, um, interesting. All right. Can one's asthma decrease as we get older? Can children outgrow asthma? They may have less instances Mm. of asthma but it's not something that ever goes away again it's it's there's no cure but it can be controlled so it really comes down to the triggers and how can you control them Mm -hmm. yep yep and we got a million dollar question does be careful how you answer this one does wearing a mask help with asthma by filtering the air We have very smart people watching this show. You do. They are very educated. (laughs) Um, One of the things that wearing a mask does do, before pandemic, I wore a mask because I have very bad allergies. And so one of the things that a mask can help is with allergies. And Julie, I'll leave it to you to talk about the asthma part of it. What I can say about it is that wearing, wearing a mask if you have asthma 
is not going is not going to make your asthma worse. Yeah. I know that that was a concern during the pandemic. Mm. We definitely received a lot of inquiries about that. Mm. They, um, a lot of parents were concerned about their children wearing masks mm -hmm. because they have asthma. It's not going to make your asthma any worse. Right. So I would again say um, people should be following the advice of their health care providers mm -hmm. and of their local departments of public health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Excellent answer. All right. So we're at the 554 mark, which means we get six minutes left in the program. It flies uh, when the questions come in. So um, I wanted to give you both an opportunity to, um, you know, say something about AFA, or if there's a question I didn't ask you, what's the one thing you want to say in a couple minutes? So let's start with you. Yeah. I would actually say, and I'm saying this because you mentioned that yeah. your superintendent of schools yeah. will be a guest going forward. So I just wanted to throw out some stats so that people understand this. So, again, asthma is the number one chronic illness in children. Um, it impacts over 5.5 million children across the United States. According to the Mass Department of Public Health, 12.9% of children in our state have asthma. That's wow. almost 13%. Wow. So we are definitely mm -hmm. above that national average. Mm -hmm. And how to sort of translate that is that 40% of children in schools or daycare have missed at least one day of school due to asthma. And asthma causes, nationwide, causes about 7.9 missed school days annually per wow. student. So again, it's we cannot emphasize enough how important it is to work with your health care provider mm -hmm. to create that asthma action plan so that you're more aware of those triggers so that you can go to school every day. Yep. <laughs> well, in the remote environment, you'll be going to school every day anyway. Every day. <laughs> Although, I shouldn't say that, smack myself, we're not doing remote anymore is what I'm told, right? Uh, so we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Amen. <laughs> Anita? I would like to say, you know, education, knowledge is power. And so to be a more knowledgeable and engaged patient, I would encourage you, even, like I said before, even if you have had um, asthma for a number of years, I believe there's always something that you could learn. Asthma, as Julie had said, cannot be cured, but it can be managed. So let's find some additional ways to help you manage. You know, September 16th and September 25th, we will have programs. And just, again, to say that GlaxoSmithKline is very committed to education, to helping our communities understand how to do more, feel better, and live longer. Yeah, great. Excellent. Well, I, I really appreciate you two coming on the show today. It's great. And, again, one last time, if we could, if you have any questions, go to... Afa N E at Afa N E dot org. That is so correct. A A F E. A A F A N E. Yeah. A A F A N E. It's a lot. It's a lot, right? Yeah. It is. Do it again, but I screwed it up. Sure. A A F A N E at A A F A N E dot org. And that's the email. And the website, one more time, is asthma and allergies dot org. Okay, excellent. So, pleasure having you both on. Thank and you. Thank you thank for you. your donation. We really appreciate it, and we'll make sure we put it to good use in the city. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. you for your time today. No, no thank problem. You for your time. I, I want to go back to the uh, Veteran Sunset Salute and go through that one more time, please, if I could, Jim. Yeah, so this is uh, tomorrow night from 7 to 8.30 p.m. It is at the Merrimack Valley Golf Course. 
Um, you do have to pre-register in advance in the lower right there. You register in advance by calling the Veterans Office at 978-983-8585. You must be registered in advance to reserve a spot. So please call during the day tomorrow, 978-983-8585. The event is tomorrow night from 7 to 8.30 p.m. There will be a light fair, cocktails, and music graciously provided by the Cata family, the Merrimack Valley Golf Club. It's supposed to be a spectacular evening. Come on out and join us and watch the sunset with our veterans. Hopefully we have lots of veterans there as well. Um, so, um, yeah, as, as we started talking about with the asthma, um, so once we get into August, we will shift back into our uh, fall and winter schedule, believe it or not. I, hate, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> right? Very quickly. <laughs> I, I, one of the things, we never get to live in the moment because we're always planning ahead, right? you know? Uh, I mean, somebody sent me something in the mail, email yesterday for Halloween costs, and I was like, good Lord, oh it's gosh. not even August, right? So give us some time. So we will go to the schedule that has um, a regular Wednesday show like we're doing here. Our summer schedule is just a Wednesday show. Uh, but beginning in August, as we prepare for back to school, we will start bringing the superintendent and her special guests back, including people like John Crocker, uh, director of... Uh, uh, mental health for our Methuen Public Schools. We're really blessed with people like that. Um, and, and talk a, little, a lot more about, you know, those factors facing us as we start to get ready for back to school. Don't forget what we let off the program with. Um, let, let's continue to protect ourselves out there. If you've got questions about getting vaccinated, please reach out to our Department of Public Health. Uh, we've got um, uh, Felix Zemmel, our Director of Inspectional Services and Public Health, and our city nurse, Nancy Zabo, they are willing to answer any questions you might have. Um, I know I've received a couple complaints from our residents about uh, people walking around asking them who's vaccinated who's not. That is not the city. That is a state-provided uh, activity because we are one of the 20 equity cities. Um, do not misinterpret, and I'm going to keep saying this, um, this is your right if you choose not to get vaccinated. Um, you know, and I just remind you that, you know, um, what we don't want to do is look back here in November and say we had the opportunity to kind of shut the door on this thing, and we left the door open a little bit, and here it is back in there, right? And so uh, that's all I worry about. I want to go back to school without masks, and I want to make sure our students are in school full-time uh, with our teachers, and they're safe and protected, and that's really what this is all about. So if you have questions, please reach out to us. Uh, in the meantime, we're back here again next Wednesday. Um, and uh, don't forget the veteran salute tomorrow night. And in the meantime, God bless you all. Stay healthy. Uh, get outside and enjoy some of that vitamin D that's out there today. Because Lord only knows when it will <laughs> rain again, right? Um, that's right. Wettest July on record. Take care. We'll see you here next week.